Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have a special treat for you. It's going to be an exciting show. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to welcome our guest, Lyndall Ashby. Lyndall, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's great to join you. Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off the show with a uh, description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, sure. So I'm Lyndall and I help businesses make more money online by optimizing their online presence and helping them drive sales. So um, that first, it's focused on web design, but I don't just look at websites. I look at the whole process from where the people come from to the website to then how they end up buying from you just so we can make it a whole streamlined process. So it's a bit of a journey how I got here though. Uh, I originally... I originally started in business banking and I'd worked with over a thousand businesses of all different shapes, sizes and industries and I was sick of working with businesses that were failing and not able to help, Yeah, especially in COVID. So I wanted to find a way that I could help them grow and um, move away from the declining of finance and not being able to help and jumped into marketing and then eventually websites. Wow, that's incredible. Now, why did you feel that was important to you? I mean, because like you said, you had a uh, comfortable job in banking and it's almost like when you leave something where you're getting paid regularly to do your own thing, it's sort of the, yeah, I got something secure, but hey, I feel sorry for other people. So let me leave the security to do something for somebody else. I mean, we know that's not the process, but essentially when you look at it, that's almost really what happened. <laughs> yeah, it had been something I've been playing with for a while, but I've been really hesitant because it was such a big jump starting my own business and changing industries but I ended up moving to a small country town and couldn't find childcare and had no options I had to dive into starting my own business online and like I'd been I'd been in the background learning and upskilling wanting to make the move but that was the final push I needed and it was the best decision (laughs) for me. I can imagine, right? I mean, it's a whole different environment. And let's be honest, the irony in this is that sometimes that uh, thing we view as not secure ends up being the most secure out of it all, right? Because you control your destiny, you control your hours. Um, At the end of the day, when there's layoffs, you're the last to be laid off. So, and you can see that coming a mile away and hopefully that'll never get there. But the point is the fact that that control is under you where, um, where when you're working with a, with a company, it's really someone else's decision, what your future is or isn't. Not just that, even just down to the minutes that I work, being able to have that flexibility to run your own business, being able to choose your hours. It's such a great feeling. Now, how did you get into the whole web designing thing and learning it? I'm sure like you just didn't turn on a computer, put a, <laughs> up an antenna and then go, ooh, I just learned it. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm sure there's a process behind it. When I was back in banking, I'd first started helping. It was a small time bank and a mortgage fund that I was helping them with their website. And when I made the move out of banking, I jumped into digital marketing, built my own website and found it was quite a, there was so much to learn. And I wasn't happy with my first one and I ended up spending a lot of time learning. And then when I eventually started working with customers, they all had the same problem. They came to me for help with marketing, but even the best marketing won't help if you've got nowhere to send them to to convert them. That's Um, true. Yeah, but... And I'd heard so many stories about people just being taken advantage of and being given pretty websites, but they weren't made to make sales. So I specialized, did it? Well, let's uh, get into that, right? Because a lot of times um, I'm not like, you know what, let's be honest, every industry has crooks. 
I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist. But sometimes what I find is an example, right? Because look, l- let's be honest. There's so many website spots out there now where people can do it for themselves. Like the Squarespace, GoDaddy provides something. I'm sure there's a couple other dozen ones that I don't remember. But um, where I'm going with this is obviously that just gives you a web presence, but they don't generate any leads. Now, sometimes people get into a business because they think it's exciting and uh, intriguing and all that. And hey, they did their own website, so they must know how to do it. And uh, it must be that easy. Then, and that's like you said, they, they start providing that solution, but it doesn't churn anybody. It doesn't do anything other than exist. So where's that fundamental key that makes that difference? Like what would that typical design that's done from some custom template, some random thing that any high schooler can do and where would that differ from one that's actually producing results yes there's a few different ways because that's i am seeing that people think they can just jump on and make a pretty design one of the big things is there's no search engine optimization or seo and that needs to be done at a fundamental level you need to start the seo strategy and thread it through every single piece of your website because if you don't have that like your keywords you're not going to rank on Google. People are going to have trouble finding you. Even on social media, they'll have trouble finding you. And then the other thing is they focus on design, but there's no customer journey piece. So when people, they don't know how to get to your website. And when they do, they don't know where to go. They're bombarded with information. They're, it's just overwhelming and they don't know how to buy from you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, that's the thing, right? Like I think too many people try to make their whole sales pitch right on their website. It's not even a website, like a website's supposed to be really, you know, a a brief space people can go check out what you do, who you are, and then decide if they want to contact you. But I think everybody puts their whole pitch on their website as if they're trying to do the close just by you reading their website. And it ends up becoming a bombardment of information that ends up becoming overwhelming to anybody who's there. Correct. Correct. Especially with people on social media, being so used to scrolling and being bombarded with information, they want things simple, quick. They don't want to read huge, big paragraphs. They just want to know what they need to know right in front of them. And studies have shown it takes them up to 11 different touch points before someone buys for you. So just having that website alone, you need to look at the whole customer journey. So for example, can you build the email marketing into your website? So when they leave your site, they're still getting the nurturing sequence those little tweaks can make the big difference yes 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 now you brought up a good point here email marketing now with with email marketing there's always that can you know perception that uh you know uh spam and people don't want it anymore and uh how do you get people to sign up and look i'm gonna be honest right i had an email thing right and i had uh, trouble getting people to sign up um i mean not so much anymore but in the beginning i did and uh what's What's the magic secret to get people to want to join your email list? Because just saying, join my email list and I'll give you a coupon. I don't know. Is that really enough anymore? No. So you really got to dig in before to the people's desires. If it's a big part of your messaging and your branding. The better you can understand your customer's desires and their pain points, the more likely you are to capture them. So one thing you do is you can do a lead magnet, which is it could be a PDF, an ebook, a masterclass, or um, a qu- even a quiz to capture them. And that speaks to their desires and their pain point. And you, you really need to have the hook to capture their attention. And then you provide them with a solution. But often that's often maybe a one step out of a four step plan. So you don't, if they need more help, 
they need to come back to you. Yeah, right, right. So there's always, yeah, I get that part. That makes sense. Now, here's the other thing, right? Because going back to what you said with the whole search engine optimization and getting people to find you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you know what are the key components, right? Because, I mean, anyway, any, like, I mean, I, I uh, have my realtor's license as an example. Just typing in real estate as a keyword isn't going to be, be enough. Or real estate Toronto isn't really going to be enough because there's, there's really 96,000 of us there. So what's the, uh, like, like, so I don't, I don't think that's going to hone in on anything for lack of better description. So how do you figure out what are those keywords that are relevant and, you know, to, uh, pretty much put into your site and stuff? Yeah. So my favorite tool is called SEMrush. It's all one word. And on that, I can search the keywords and I can find out their keyword difficulty. So out of a score of a hundred, how hard are they? But not just that, you can also look up your competitors. If you have a local competitor or someone, even someone who's ranking on number one or two on Google, you can search that business and find out all their keywords. So for example, one of my local competitors that's a bigger agency, they have over 800 keywords they rank for. So I now have that information. I can thread it through my website, looking at those keywords because that so much isn't stealing, it's just keywords. Um, and, but then it's not just the website. You need to look at the journey before. So your Google profile, and then you also then need to use the analytics tool to see how you are tracking and see if you can make tweaks because SEO is not a one and done. It is a six to 12 month journey, but it can pay really big dividends if you succeed. I love how you said that it's a six to 12 month journey because there's too many people out there. They figure they're going to just show up to an agency write a check for $500 and then go home, look on Google and find it immediately. Yeah. And you know, that's just so ridiculous. And, and it's, and I don't think it's just limited to uh, SEO or, or websites. I mean, we've come through a, um, a generation, I don't want to say generation, but maybe, maybe a moment in time where um, people are expecting instant results, like almost like an instant gram, Instagram, like instant gratification, right? It's just yeah. like, done. You know what I mean? There we go. I did it. You know what I mean? Then it doesn't work for 90 days and all of a sudden they quit. Like now that's a common yeah. trait, right? And and the fact that you just point out that you need six to 12 months to make that impact and it's constant revolving, you know, work because once you're there, you got to kind of maintain there. Like you wouldn't, you know, just put out a product, beat your competitor and think, have, think he's going to go home and say, well, I lost. I better close down. That other person's better. And then there you go, you won. It doesn't work that way. All right. So going to what I was saying was that um, I'm glad you said that there's a whole six to 12 months delay because everyone's expecting things to be like Instagram where it's one, two, three, done. And reality is, as you just said, it's six to 12 months. And that doesn't really surprise me because it's not, not nothing is instant. Everything comes with work and, and slow progression over a long period of time. And a lot of times people give up after like 90 days. It's like, I tried, it doesn't work. And then... And then the continuation, as you were saying, is that um, because you don't get to 12 months, hit number one, and all of a sudden competitors say, I'm going home because I just lost. They're going to do everything they can to counter you. And in that process, they're going to counter you. And while they're countering you, you're going to be going down. So if you're not doing anything to counter what they're counting, it's kind of game over. And at, at that point in time, so it's a constant growth, constant in, in, you know, inclination. And that constant uh, work that has to be put into it. And again, you don't just 
go home, go to your fridge, grab a sandwich, eat, and said, well, I've eaten for the year. I don't need to eat again. It's like food. You got to constantly eat. And reality is what you're doing is you got to input more food into your system and, and, and to allow it to eat and breathe and grow. So you're always growing or dying in this, in, in this world. And if you're not progressing, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> awesome. I love how you brought that up. So with that being said, so the SEOs were important. Now we brought up the whole social media, right? Because in 2023, a lot of times people are relying on social media. In fact, there's actually a perception or thought process that social media might actually be more important than your website. What are your thoughts on that? Fully disagree with that. So some of the different things with that is great for the attraction to bring people and you can have some of the conversations, but you don't have control of your social media and you can lose it at any stage. You can lose all your followers at any instant if your account goes down or you're hacked and you don't have the same control over your um, online identity. So for example, how you present yourself and you can really control the perception. So showing all your social proof, whereas that will get lost on the social media. Instagram, after about nine posts, it's down way out of the way. Whereas you can have that front and center. You can show all your social proof and your results and really be positioned as that credible and trustworthy leader with the website, which you can't really do with the social media and you can't create that streamlined journey either. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, but in terms of effectiveness, how often do people go to websites, right? Like I, I, I know like prime example, when I'm using, you know, I'll use like Facebook, we're going to use them and pick on them. So I'll be on Facebook. I'll do my scroll and stuff. I mean, how often, uh, like, I, I don't exactly look at them and say, oh, look at this profile. Let's see what their website's like. Like, that's usually not really the way it works. So there's got to be something that makes a person go to a website. Like, there's something attractive. And you know what I mean? Like, that, it can't just be because you scrolled Facebook and decided to go to a website. Because I think social media can actually be a tool today. So what would be an example of how to use social media platforms in order to gain that uh, lead or, or capture that lead and get them maybe over to your website? Yeah, yeah. So you look at the whole sales funnel. So when you look at that at the attraction stage, that's on social media. So for Instagram, posting your reels to get in front of the new audience. Then you would have the level down. You do some education pieces just to, and then really try and capture their desires. And then you have a call to action to get them to move towards your website where you can have the um, better experience. So use your calls to action. You can have links in stories. You can have lead magnets that you send them um, to move them that one step closer. Because for a lot of businesses, they can't close the sale over social media. They can't do it in the DMs. They need to do payments somewhere. And it's a really bad experience just sending someone a payment link. <laughs> Yeah, true enough. That's true, actually. Yeah, because these days, that's where the scams are, right? People just get this link yeah. in their email, say, click here to pay, and you're like, and if they don't exactly pay attention, they might click the wrong one. Correct. And Stanford University did a study that said around 78% of people judge a company's credibility based on its website. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. So now I'm going to, let's debunk another thing here is in terms of, uh, I meet a lot of people that turn around and have these great business ideas and wonderful business ideas. Some of them are not as uh, wonderful as they think. Others are uh, incredible and they really need to put some, you know, you know, gas on there, <laughs> like, like light it up. Um, but where I'm going with this is that the common thing I hear is that they're going to uh, try to build their business off of organic reach. 
And I'm a believer that in 2023, you have to pay to play. What are your, con- what are your thoughts in terms of that process? Like is, is it really possible out there to grow a, bu- a business and really uh, scale it without uh, paying for uh, ads? I think without ads, you need to have your messaging needs to be on point. Your strategy needs to be on point and your visuals need to be on point. But not just that, you need a lot more time. So especially if you're a new business that doesn't have an audience, you're needing to spend considerable time doing outreach, doing content. So, But if you don't have that time, you, you won't grow. Right. So you still think it's possible to build organically? I think it can be, but it needs you need to have all those things on point. And you need to spend considerable time. So, you know, two to three hours a day doing outreach on social media, messaging people will eventually give you results because it's a numbers game. But that's that's time you could have spent on more profitable tasks if you paid fads. So it's a bit of a time versus money thing. Yeah. So bottom line is, you know, what it boils down to is that organic is possible, takes a longer time, and it's made probably not Mm -hmm. the best use of your time. Correct, correct. You could be focusing either on more profitable tasks or enjoying time off work with family and friends. Right. Now, you said obviously reaching out. So just making posts online and uh, having specials or ads or or not ads, I mean, but like posting and uh, look, let's be honest, everybody wants to, uh, I'm going to use real estate as an example, just because I'm in the real estate business. So a lot of times with a lot of, especially new realtors, what they do is they post a picture of a house that they're selling and they call it a new listing. And let's be honest, most of the public doesn't know what a listing is. It really means the house is for sale. So, um, mm-hmm. but, but basically that's their ad, that's their post, that's their organic outreach. And they're expecting to get leads from that. And most times they're very disappointed. And where I'm going with this is obviously, you know, just doing your posts isn't going to churn any leads. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, is there a way to have, is there a way to keep posting and doing stuff to have people reach out to you? Or is it constantly that you have to reach out to them? That's what I'm trying to debunk. So it is a lot easier if you have a large audience that are warm, that you spent the time warming up. If you've got a cold audience, it's not going to happen. So like if you're a new business and you're just posting promotional stuff, people are going to even give people the ick. You haven't spent the time building the no like, and trust, so they're not going to reach out to you. I love that. I love how you said that, right? Because it comes down to what I always say. For people to buy from you, they have to know, like, and trust you. And just posting something online without any form of communication with them isn't going to make them know, like, and trust you. And in fact, the more you post and the more they see you and they don't know you, there's a chance that they're going to just unfollow you just because it's going to become annoying. And yeah, so it's one of those things. Now, I think there's also a a sense of craft in terms of how you reach out to somebody. And I'll give you an example. Yes. I mean, almighty LinkedIn, how I love it. And I'm being sarcastic. And, um, <laughs> right. I always get these bloody messages out there that, that turn around and says, I can help you and your clients with. And it's like, I didn't realize my clients needed help or nor did I need the help. Right. I, I mean, I think the approach is idiotic. You don't hear from somebody, you don't talk to them. There's no, uh, there's no rapport whatsoever. You just, uh, you start seeing some posts that they put online. You see a couple, then all of a sudden you get a uh, funky message and it's always, I can help your clients with. And sometimes they don't even say hello. It's just straight into it. And I think that's clearly the wrong way of approaching people. So my question to you is what will be the best way for someone to be able to start the process of 
posting and then reaching out to people and building that relationship using the platforms? Yeah, so you really got to focus on building that relationship first. So if they're posting, you could comment on their post and talk about it and start a conversation. Oh, I see what you're doing. That's so great. Congratulations. And start the conversation there. And you don't just go straight into that sales pitch either. You spend a bit of time getting to know them, getting to know their business. They may be moving towards their pain and problem and then where they want to be and how they want to solve it before you do the sales pitch. So just building that rapport makes it so much better and easier. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's the other thing, right? Sometimes when you're talking to a person, they don't even need your service. So doing the sales pitch yes. gives you, uh, makes you feel like you're in, you know, disingenuine. And yeah, right. Like I personally believe, I believe that you can do a, uh, you can uh, nurture out that lead without even making a sales pitch by showing genuine interest, right? By keeping yeah, and providing value. Yeah. 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 By constantly providing that value and, and showing that constant interest. I think, yeah, I mean, people aren't stupid because you start asking about them and you start showing interest in them. What's the natural thing to do? Hey, by the way, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but what do you do? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I, um, I, I help people get mortgages and financing for, uh, for uh, their new home purchases or for their investment properties. Oh, so you're a mortgage agent. Yes, I am. Right. Oh, that's awesome. My friend, Bob, he's looking, I wonder if he has a mortgage agency now. They may not need it right now. But because you've been talking to them for so long and now they, you know, they've figured out that you're not talking to them to sell them something, they took interest in you. And once they took interest in you, then they, uh, then, then uh, the process begins. That's my perspective. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I do. I have had people where I've spoken to them and they haven't needed my services, but they're part of a business group and then they've met people and been able to refer me on. So, um, it's always great to expand that, ne- that network with non-spammy ways because you never know where it can lead. Absolutely. Now, when you got into the business, what would you say was your biggest struggle like from that shift from banking to self-employed? Honestly, it was kind of mindset because banking was very dry, numbers, focused, direct. And then moving away, it's really about the desires and the nurturing um, piece and also just getting that confidence to show up online was a big shift for me. <laughs> it's not something I used to do putting myself out there like that. Right. Now, how did you overcome that? Right? Like I mean, like, like I said, people like some people naturally want to be on camera and they just flick the switch and it's easy because it's like their dream come true. Um other people turned around and said, mm, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do that." And um and then there's people that are in between. So, <laughs> how did you overcome that uh that hesitation? Like did you just jump right into it or was there a process? Not for me. It was very much a slow build, just getting slowly and slowly. Like when I first started, my Instagram had no pictures of me. It was just content. But then I worked and each month I tried to get a little bit more personal, a bit more professional, showing up, getting photos posted and now working on stories and reels, talking on camera. It's been a, a bit of a slow build, but it was more I had a mindset mindset shift that I want to be good. I want to go places and I want to really build a brand that's trusted. And for me to reach my goals, I've got to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what funny. Amazing. Now, is there anything that you uh, share online, don't share online? Like there's, there's tips, like things that people should be aware of, or is it sort of like a free-for-all and share whatever you want to share? It's like, how does that work? For me, I pretty much um, believe in providing value. So I even offer free strategy calls. I, people ask me questions. Um, but the main thing, I see 
is you've got five seconds to make an impression on your website. The first five seconds doesn't hook them in and speak to their desires, you lose about 80% of them. So that's the main thing that I always try to reinforce, but I don't gatekeep. Anyone has questions? <laughs> I should. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's amazing how the attention span is only five seconds, right? Like it's, I don't know if it's always been like that, but, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I, I guess with, uh, you know, the scrolling, swiping lefts and rights and whatever, people are just so addicted and hooked to the phones. I mean, yeah. Like, let's, uh, like journey back a bit. I would say about 20 years ago, mobile phones weren't really not that important. And today I'm willing to bet that the majority of people look at your stuff using the mobile phone. So it's come quite a different. And I, 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 I don't want to say, that um that the mobile like like that this has made things worse for people but it's definitely changed the attention span and you never know looking forward but looking back in the future 10 years from now we'll know whether it was a positive or a negative but i believe that now correct me if i'm wrong i believe that uh social media is like money in the way that it's not social media that makes that makes people the jerk or the asshole or changes people just like money doesn't change people i think it's more of it makes you more of who you are it showcases who you really are correct me if i'm wrong i agree with that there are some people willing to say stuff online that they wouldn't say in people person because they're not scared of ramifications yeah absolutely and that's the thing but i also believe that this is an opportunity to be able to connect with people more because they see who you really are. And it's a way to basically push out the people that don't relate with you and attract the ones that do relate with you and gives you that opportunity to build better relationships. I agree with you there as well. There's, I've met some amazing people online since I've started my business and living in a country town, I would have been quite isolated, but having that, being able to build those connections, it's been really good for me. <laughs> I bet. Now, with that being said, what would you say was the uh, moment in time in your business where, because like I said, when you make that switch, it's always that hesitation, those learning lessons and stuff like that. But there is a certain point in time where you have what I call that aha moment. And that aha moment could basically be just sort of the, okay, it's not that I'm not, I don't have any more fears, but it's one of those things that things are going like they should be going. I'm in the right spot. I'm doing what I should be doing. I'm do I am where I'm supposed to be. I can le now have my foundation can build from there. What was that moment for you? Like when did you finally realize that the process was fully done and you were in the right spot? Yeah, it was when because I'd originally started in digital marketing and my brand had been very weak. And it was when I rebranded, refocused, and just zeroed in built the strong foundations and it was quite the work and then when I was actually doing the task a whole day just went without even feeling like it was work and it was so so enjoyable and it like it lit you up on the inside whereas my old job it was just a bit of a it was like pulling teeth yeah yeah <laughs> so having that feeling of just being lit up and enjoying what you do it's that was the moment I said this is what everything's worth that feeling awesome so now I'm sure you know there's always those gurus that i call them or you know they're always like rah 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 online and you know turn around saying you know like as long as you believe it and you have the right mi right mindset and it's like oh there's no train there's no train there's no train there's no train and I wake up and look oh yeah there's no train right and we obviously know that's kind of a a, a cracker pot cracker jackpot right like it's <laughs> but where I'm going with is, I mean, what's right is that mindset is important but you're not going to think 
success into reality. You have to do the actions. And where I'm going with this is that just because you have the right mindset, it does not mean you don't have a bad day. And a lot of times we try to put our best foot forward and not try to show those bad days. And then people talk about authenticity, which basically would mean you would show that bad day, but people don't. (laughs) But where I'm going with this is that um, how do you handle those bad days? Like, what do you tell yourself and how do you uh, reset? That's a hard one because I... I'm still not fully showing up all the vulnerability online, which I probably should be. <laughs> should be showing those bad spots as well. But for me, sometimes you just got to walk away. You got to have an evening off work. You just got to spend some time like pampering yourself or relaxing and just start again tomorrow. Just you need that break or you need that weekend off because you can't get stuck in a funk because you just got to keep going. You don't have a choice. You just got to keep going. Yeah, it makes sense. So I love how you said that you basically take a day for yourself just to reset. And I think that's important Mm -hmm. too. It goes back to what you just said, right? Like, or what I just said, everyone's going to have that bad day. And it's a matter of realizing that you're going to have that bad day and um, finding a way to move past it. And having that alone time or that time to process, I think is very important. And you can't just dwell on it, right? I believe that you, you have your moment, you let it out, and then you move forward. Yeah, I agree with that. Don't dwell on it. Just take a break so you can come back fresh. Makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. So awesome. So now with that being said, anybody who's thinking about getting into the entrepreneurship uh, role, like they have an idea, they have a dream, a passion of something they want to do, but they're working their nine to five and they're scared. What would your advice be to them? Honestly, I've worked with a lot of businesses that have failed, over a hundred businesses that have failed in my old role as business bankers. So I think it's always important that you've got either a little bit of steady cash flow coming in or, you know, three to six months of savings so that you can focus on growing your business without that drain so you can come from growing instead of that fear of needing to make money. So there's nothing worse than having to give up your dream because you've run out of money. So that's what I'd focus on first. <laughs> love that. Love that. So awesome. Now in light of time, I'm going to get down to a couple more questions where I, before I get into what I call the lightning round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. So how do you know you've had a successful day? I feel really charged. I feel so energetic and I'm just bouncing and I'm just really happy. So today I was just vibing. It was so energy. And when you finish for the day, you're just in such a great mood. That's how I know it's a good day for me. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to actually add one more question to my thought process here. Now, you're on a podcast. So obviously, mm-hmm. you're into par- podcasts. And what are your thought process on podcasts? Should everybody have their own podcast? Should everybody be guesting on podcasts? Or is that something somebody should do at a later point in time? It is a lot of work. So for me, it's my end goal. I want to be doing one eventually. But this is me just dipping my toes in to begin with because I'm quite focused on growing my business elsewhere. I don't really have the time to focus on it, but it's something I love. I always listen to them. So yeah, dip your toes in. If you go full in, but you don't have the time to devote to it, it won't, may not do too well. (laughs) Yeah. So you brought up the point here where consistency is the important key part. If you can't be consistent on it, then it's not not something worth uh, venturing into. At least not uh, full time, right? Like it's if you're dipping your toes to give it a try, hey, at least this way it'll give you clarity. But uh, yeah, if you if you do it badly, it could even end up hurting your business. Yeah, well, let's be honest, right? In the beginning, every when everyone starts, everyone like the first five episodes 
are going to be um, shit for a lack of better description. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right there. (laughs) Well, because it's one of those things that um, you're just starting out. So I don't know anybody who's so confident in the world or is, you know, or so egotistical, depending on how you want to look at it, where they just flick the camera, turn on the mic and say, (laughs) I'm here. You know, like it's usually that. that hesitation, that nervous, like even I went through it. My first, my first uh, recording was a friend of mine that went through very easily, actually. Um, now the second one was someone, a colleague that in my brokerage and, um, he was kind of a bigger name in the industry I'm in. And I went to, uh, interview him and he was on my show and the show itself wasn't terrible with the exception of the fact that it was um it was my podcast interviewing him and more than half the podcast was about me so i kind of screwed that up and uh <laughs> so but again, that was a learning lesson. <laughs> so that was a learning lesson but but the point is that everyone's gonna have that mess up for the first five episode and then they get a groove now yeah. if someone's consistent with it i believe that it can actually be used as a tool to build your brand and build your awareness. And that's, like you said, you listen to a lot of podcasts yourself. And I'm sure there's going to be a certain handful of names that you look for. And with that being said, if you have a consistent podcast that's consistently providing value, there's no reason why anybody else could not be one of those handful of people. Awesome. So now my last question before the lightning round is going to be, for anybody who's watching this and looking for you, where would they go? Yeah, so it's Visibel, V-I-S-I-B-E-L-L-E dot com dot au or Visibel Web Design on Instagram. Fantastic. I'll put those in the notes as well. Now we're going to get into the lightning round, which is just a few fun questions uh, about you personally. Okay. <laughs> so with uh, question number one is going to be, what is your favorite food and why? I love Chinese and fried rice. I've got a kid with food allergies, so I barely get to eat it at all. So... <laughs> When I do, I love it. <laughs> nice, nice. And that's a very good choice too, so. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, favorite travel destination and why? I used to live on Hayman Island in the Sundays, So it's a tropical island off the coast of Australia. And it's just got so many good memories. It was a five-star resort. I used to work on super yachts and, um, yeah, it's where I want to go back. <laughs> love that. Awesome. Question number three is your favorite podcast and or book. Oh, I'm probably listening to Brandology at the moment just because I'm always focusing on like upskilling yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or building um, your story brand, the book. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I've read that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. The final question, the last but not least is going to be if you were given unlimited amount of money, but you had 48 hours to spend it. What you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Property development. Boom, that's it. <laughs> boring, hey? Mic drop. Brings recurring <laughs> revenue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Love that. So there you go. So now now we know exactly where where your head's at, what you want, what your goal is. That is amazing. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been so great. No worries. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to The John Papaloni Show.